Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint tailgate show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map and 1080thefan.com. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Happy Saturday morning to you. There is no Luke. There is no Will. No Labradoodles. No Labradoodles. It might still be the 33rd best sports radio show on a Saturday. Hey, hey, 32nd. 30, yeah, we move up a slot. So no Luke, no Will. Can I upgrade you with a Dirt and an Andrew Nemec and a Jeff Rust? Huh? A Rust, a Dirt, and a Nemec. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, baby. What's happening, everybody? How we doing? It's a game day Saturday, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. This is, we, we get the, I'm, I'm, I'll be curious from people, and you can text in and let me know, because we have awful weather for the first time, it feels like, in eight months. It's like the first time it's rained in forever. And it's the first day that we get a dual traffic day where they're driving down at the same time. Oregon State's playing today and Oregon's playing today. You get a dual traffic day. Fingers crossed here that we don't have major issues. It is funny because we we live in Portland, people. We should know how to drive in rain. And then every single time, every time. we get first rain, people forget to just... Give a little space. Every time, it's like we forget how to drive in the rain, too. Like, I, I I was on my way in today, and there was somebody going eight miles an hour below the speed limit. It's like, it's you know, I think I think you're going to be okay. I, I think you'll be all right. It's not ice. It's not, it's not, <laughs> you're not driving on snow here, okay? There's no black ice. You're not going to get into an accident. No, so hopefully your uh, commutes are going well. I don't know how, if are people going to tailgate today? It's kind of a crummy day to have your first tailgate when you're sitting. You don't want to sit outside on a day like today. What a silly question. If you're driving to Corvallis <laughs> to watch Idaho, or you're driving to Eugene to watch the Ducks play Stony Brook, who just beat Toothpaste U Colgate last week. That's a good win right there for Stony Brook. Watch out. What are they, the Sea Wolves, the Sea Eagles? Of course. I believe they're the Sea Wolves. Sea Wolves, okay. Of course 
you are drinking heavily and partying <laughs> and listening to us. They're already out there. Duck fans, Beaver fans, they're already oh, tailgating. Of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah, look, it's not a great Saturday here locally for the opponents, but I think there are things, and we're, we're going to be on for an hour here, and then uh, the Ducks coaches show will come up at 11 o'clock, and then myself and Anthony Newman will be back in here at noon for the pregame show. So I get an hour off to, like, go uh, find some food or something. But, the uh, it, look, there's not a lot to watch for in either of those games, but I think think there's a couple of little notes and bullet points that we can keep our eye on and we'll get to that throughout the course of the next hour uh i'm looking at the college uh college football slate right now because i know we just got done with a golf show for those that are driving down that maybe haven't seen some nebraska's holding their own with oklahoma and i will say i don't know about you guys i do have a nostalgia feeling for this game like seeing these jerseys on the field seeing these guys play I know it might be out of sight, out of mind for some, but there's just something about Nebraska, Oklahoma. Like growing up, I've seen those those montage clips this week that people have tweeted out of the, when they played in like 2000 and 2001, and it was number one versus number two. It's obviously the 50 year anniversary of the game of the century back in 1971. I I have it with this game. I I don't know about you know I, I think everybody has that in certain you know sports where there's a jersey that stands out to you, there's a game that stands out to you. Nebraska, Oklahoma has always done it for me, and I think it's awesome that they're playing. And at least so far in the first half. Folks, we got a ball game here. We got a ball game. So there's a little piece of breaking news. Oh, what do we got? We have to get to. What do we got? Something breaking right in the first segment? USC already a dumpster fire, right? Yes. As if things could not get worse. Uh-oh. Leaving the tarmac to play their game against Washington State. Uh-oh. No joke. Their plane tipped backwards, and everyone's okay. <laughs> but if you're just looking for a... Oh my goodness, could things get any worse for the USC Trojans? Try to take off for Pullman. Their plane tipped backwards. How does that happen? I think after you fire Clay Helton in the year <laughs> USC has had, it just fits. I think the football gods went, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> that is why I saw a picture. I thought on Twitter earlier today, and I didn't know if, like, if, is our airplane supposed, do they have, like, a cool plane that's, like, supposed to do that, makes getting the luggage out easier? Because I did. I saw a picture of an airplane on a tarmac where it was, like, tilted up, but some of the doors were open and they were taking bags out. After landing in Lewiston, Idaho on Friday, the Trojans team plane tipped backwards <laughs> on the tarmac, sending the plane's nose into the air after the grounds crew did not put the plane's tail stand oh, in man. place. Oh, man. Oh. Should we re-air the Doug Gottlieb interview with Mario Cristobal, asking him a million times if he's going to be the next head coach at USC? I, can I be Mar? Go Ducks. <laughs> sure. Go. By the way. But you I, have I, to you know, listen, though, right, Mario? You have to listen if USC calls. Two things. <laughs> Gottlieb has to ask the question. He was right to ask the question. No doubt about it. He also has to know that Cristobal can't give an answer. Well, yeah, that's one as like a host. You say, hey, your name's going to be referenced. Do you have any comment on interest in the USC job? He says, go Ducks. That's a pretty clear indicator that you're not going to get an answer on that. Guys, move on. Go to the next <laughs> that, subject. That whole thing. Well, and I, I feel for him in that regard, too, because you're the only reason. Mario does not like doing interviews. <laughs> we, we know this well. Wait, what? He, he's not <laughs> a huge fan of that. But you do them for pub and for, you know, the attention because you're coming off of what some would argue is the biggest win in the regular season in the history of your program. Like, some people, that that win is up there. And so the only reason you're saying yes to doing that interview is because you, you want the pub and the attention of, hey, let's talk on national radio again later in the week about how Oregon just beat Ohio State. And then you get asked that question. I did I did feel for him in that regard. Like, really, I just, want, I just beat Ohio State. Now you're going to ask me over and over again about USC? It, it, is, it is wild. And, and I don't think... 
when you're in it, you know how big the win is, but you don't fully understand the ramifications yeah. of that win. Did you see that Sports Business Journal reported Oregon gear, the sale of Oregon gear in the last week is up 425%? Wow. They're selling four times more Oregon gear than they were two weeks ago. Wow. Isn't that incredible? I mean, you think, okay, there's sure. duck fans or duck fans or duck fans or duck fans. And I, yeah, I know there's some Oregon State fans listening. who goes, not really. Some of them are Johnny come lately. Fine. That being said, you wouldn't think there'd be four times as much merchandise sold after one win. Well, it's one of those things, too, because I've seen a lot of people, you know, the USC connection with Mario Cristobal is out there. It's not going to happen. He's not going to take that job. Um, but I have seen, you know, people just kind of referencing the program. And this goes in line with that uh, for a lot of young kids. Oregon is a better brand than USC. Like you think last time USC won a national championship was what, 2005? I think they got, it got vacated, but I'll count it, whatever. 2005, you're looking. And the last time they were in a national championship was 2006. I want to say the Rose Bowl against Vince Young. I mean, just play the math game now. If you're an 18-year-old senior in high school, how old were you in 2006? You were like two, three years old. If you're a sophomore or junior in high school, you were you were still breastfeeding, man. Like, you don't have any reference to that or recollection of that. What you do and when you start to form those football memories is when you're about five or six years old is kind of when a lot of kids start paying more attention to it and creating those fandoms. And that's when you're in the era of... Oregon's competing for national championships, and that's the vision that you have of them. So it is because I've seen a lot of people this week debate that. Is USC or Oregon the better job? We should go. And, of, of course, historically, nothing's going to top USC. And, of course, you have a better recruiting base because you're in, in Southern California. But th there is that note that I've always – I think it's important to point out that for kids, it's their frame of reference. We have a different frame of reference than they do because we're older and we remember USC being good. But if you're a 17-year-old kid, man, you have no recollection of Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. What's wild is, and it speaks to that exact point, the Reggie Bush thing. We grew up with Reggie Bush being the super flashy, yes. incredible athlete. Ten years before that, people talked about Barry Sanders. Right. You know who kids from SoCal talk about now when they talk about growing up? I saw this amazing, unbelievable kid from this area star and be a superstar, and he was incredible and unstoppable. It's D'Anthony Thomas. <laughs> And he wore an Oregon uniform. I can't tell you how many different times I've talked to California receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, corners, the speedsters, the skill position guys. Right. And I'm like, who'd you grow up emulating? And it's like, oh, DeAnthony Thomas. And it's like, you know, I grew up watching Oregon. And you go, really? Because you live five minutes from USC. And he's like, yeah, but they sucked back then. Right, they were no like, good when I was a kid. Really? They were no good? Because I remember them. Not but that's not how kids remember it. And it's so interesting. The only schools that have really been able to stave that off really is Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame seems to. I mean, they're terrible in bowl games because they always get elevated a level up because their marketing is so good. But. Notre Dame is every once in a while is like the fourth team in the playoff and then they lose by 35 or whatever, but they've seemed to be able to recruit at a top 10 level. And people say, I grew up watching them, but they also have a national TV contract every week to be on TV. So they've been able to stave that off. Other than that, like Florida state's not in that wheelhouse either. Nope. You talk to kids in Florida about who the program is. They grew up watching. They talk about Alabama, LSU and Georgia. It's like, what about, the hurricanes like right. how do you not remember they been, you they haven't been good in a long time it, um, it is amazing that that generation thinks of it differently and and you have to put yourself in the perspective of 14 15 16 year olds to understand what's going to be next because they are next whether we like it or not right they're the next up at the recruiting line it is we always try and look at it through our lens and what it was like when we were kids and how could you not be more interested in this game or this team or this like how is that not a bigger deal it's like well for them it, it wasn't when they were kids so it's just funny how things change uh we got a lot we want to, I want to get to in the next hour. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the, the scores for you. We'll give you some updates on some bigger games. One that 
uh, is standing out to me is Cincinnati all year has been one of those teams that we looked at maybe a fringe playoff contender. Uh, Luke Fickle's there, and his name, of course, is going to get referenced with the USG, uh, USC job. They are getting shut out on the road out Indiana. <laughs> it's uh, it's seven to nothing with seven minutes left in the first half, and Indiana's driving inside the Cincinnati ten yard line, and that is an Indiana team that got smoked by Iowa in Week One. So just keep that one. You could have a top ten upset there, and uh, that would end the playoff dreams of basically anybody outside of the Power Five. So we'll keep an eye on that and some of the other scores going on. Uh, Miami, Michigan State playing right now at seven. Three Miami leads Michigan State. First test of the year for Mel Tucker, so that's a low-scoring game. And then, uh, of course, Nebraska and Oklahoma playing right now. And Nebraska's driving; they're down seven to three. But we'll keep you up up to date on those. Let's get into the Ducks a little bit. You know, look, they're playing Stony Brook. So, how quickly is this game going to get over? <laughs> but what can you keep an eye on? Because there's a couple things that I'm excited for, and I'm, I'll be curious to get Nimic's thoughts on it. Um, we'll talk about that one and just kind of what to look for when you're playing an inferior opponent like Stony Brook. We'll get to that coming up next. This is the Sinner and the Saint without Luke and without Will. And we're back after this on The Fam. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. All right, hey, welcome back. You know how to beatbox, Dimmick? You got to We need a we need a tune to bounce back with here. I got I got nothing. You know what, you don't know how to beatbox? What ha- No. Why no? would you assume that? I don't know. I thought maybe well, that's the that's a thing. Is it white- because my wife is African American? No, I think it's a thing that white guys <laughs> do in college. No, it feels it's like, not. It feels like a white guy college thing. I think it's a lame white guy college thing. <laughs> Are you calling me lame right now? I, I used to be a beatbox. beatbox. No, I can't beatbox. Well, then there you go. Then you're not lame. No, I, think, I can't. I think, I think white guys who heavily... <laughs> no, no, no. For the love of God. <laughs> no, you know no what? Good. We want to keep that 33rd... Now it's that like I think a, about it, let's be down. the 33rd ranked... I think Sports my beatboxing might have just bumped us to 34th, but hey, it's okay. That's a problem. That's a good COVID spreader too. When you beatbox, you're spitting saliva all over the place. You got to be careful with that, man. You're right. They should ban it. Close contact rooms. That's that should be outlawed. Where's Where's Kate Brown on that? I want to ban beatboxing. Um, okay, so Oregon plays Stony Brook today, and uh, hey, happy game day, everybody. You can hear that game right here on the fan coming up at 4:30. It's going to be on the Pac-12 Network on your television. 
Uh, have you seen the line on this game? Can we play guess the line? Do you know what it is? I, I, yeah, I Damn it. Okay. Well, the line is 40 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a, that's a big line. I think you probably take Oregon to cover just because it's Stony Brook and nobody knows anything about Stony Brook. Oh, see, I disagree. Oh, you would take the you would take the Sea Wolves to cover the spread here? I would. And, and the reason is I think if you're Oregon, you run very vanilla offense, very vanilla defense. You don't really rush the pass there much at all. You're going to give up some points and you're going to play some young guys because you don't want anybody else getting hurt. Yeah. So you're going to rotate a lot of bodies and you might get up seven or eight touchdowns at some point in this game but then late in the game you're running your backups you're running vanilla offense I think this is going to end up being a game that Stony Brook covers but like by a half a point or you know by a few points Oregon will win by 38 or something like that that's what I think happened they're going to leave the back door open there late and let the uh let the the sea wolves come on in and get the back door covers so yeah it's at 4 30 and you know I you know I when I saw the schedule at the start of the year, I remember being frustrated, like, oh, God, really? <laughs> what? Why? Who? Why is Oregon playing them? This is the dumbest thing of all time. I have changed my tune, though, over the course of the last week because something of significance happened last Saturday, and that is one of the bigger wins in the history of your program. And now when you consider the weather, like, look outside, and for those that are driving down to the game right now, you know that it's it's dumping out there and so weird things can happen in games like this and so i i was adamantly against this game before the season started and now i look at it like man you just got through a huge game against ohio state an emotional win where you gut it out you're getting patted on the back all week and i am glad that oregon is not playing a true you know competitor this weekend that they can just kind of show up do their thing and win the game by 40 points it's sec scheduling at its finest it's playing a big game whether it's a non-conference game or a key league game uh you know and the sec does this all the time alabama plays lsu and then they get pra- prairie view a and m you know then they get mississippi gulf coast whatever i that that's the way to do it i think and especially for oregon right now when you've got so many injuries hit the reset button before you head into Pac-12 play. You really haven't had a huge opportunity to give your young guys reps because Fresno State was probably closer than you wanted it to be. Ohio State was going to be a battle no matter what. You haven't really given your young guys much of an opportunity, and I know we've seen next man up because of emergency situations, but we haven't been able to see that at quarterback. We haven't seen Byron Cardwell or Seven McGee, the freshman running backs. We haven't seen Dante Thornton or Troy Franklin get a lot of run, those two talented wide receivers. I think Franklin's got two catches or something like that. He hasn't had a chance to play a ton, and sometimes it helps just to get real, meaningful, live reps in front of a crowd before you get into Pac-12 play and they're going to have more injuries throughout the year because everyone in college football does and you want to give those young guys a little bit of live action and again because you haven't had that against Fresno State and Ohio State you haven't had those opportunities this is a really good time for this game and, and I really do hope we see five to seven carries for Cardwell five to seven carries for McGee we see either Ty Thompson or Butterfield or Robbie Ashford run things the whole second half I hope we see some of that and and because of that it might be a frustrating game in terms of game flow but in terms of developing a program, I think that's a win for Oregon is no injuries and young guys get some successful reps in front of a big crowd. Yeah, I would say if that lead at halftime is anywhere north of 20 to 21 points and you know, you're know you up 21-3, you're up 28-7, whatever, if, if you're north of three touchdowns going into the second half, every starter should rest the entire second half. There's there's just nothing to, to gain out of playing them at this point. They clearly have a good game plan. They were able to go in and win at Ohio State. The, the, the main thing you want to focus on now, and Oregon has gotten to a point, and you know this better than anybody from recruiting, that you can overcome injuries. And maybe I should have given them a better chance against Ohio State last week because 
the depth was a big part of that. Like they had guys that were ready to step in and play, albeit young guys. But I think that was the eye opener of like, oh my God, this is the sign of recruiting. It matters. And you have these, you know, you're backing up four stars with four stars. Like that's the first time that's ever happened in program history. Uh, but you don't want to have to go through any more injuries, especially in a meaningless game. And so that's the key. You want to make sure you keep everybody healthy. And then you talk about the, the youth. I think it's important to point out, and this would be the same case when we get to Oregon State and stuff, because they're playing Idaho today, and you would hope that would be a blowout in their favor as well, of the redshirt rules where you're allowed to play guys, is it three or four games? Four games. Four games. So you can you can appear in four games throughout the course of a season and still have a count as a redshirt year. And so if you're Oregon, I mean, you're maybe looking at, now, now that you didn't play some of those guys against Fresno State, because you point out closer than you thought, maybe Arizona? You know, maybe against a Washington State at home. Like, you know, there, there's not a lot out there that you're like, all right, that game's going to be a 30-point game in the fourth quarter when you get in a Pac-12 play. So this is your prime opportunity to let those guys get some good run. And I think the most important one that I want to see, and you're, you're spot on on the running backs, the wide receivers, and I'm sure there's, there's a ton that I will overlook in this regard. Who's your number two quarterback? And how many snaps are they going to take? Because they still have not labeled. It's It's been an or on the depth chart. I think it's been Thompson or Butterfield. And in pregame warmups, Thompson takes the two-team reps on seven-on-seven, and Butterfield takes the two-team reps when they go 11-on-11. Who's your number two? And, and we'll find out today, and he's going to take a lot of snaps, hopefully. Well, and I and I actually, I, I do wonder if you kick that can down the road and you do every two series with the two of them. And the reason being if you declare who that number two is in a meaningless game against Stony Brook with the way the transfer portal works, if you, if you make it clear, like, Hey, Thompson or Butterfield's our guy and he's going to play the whole second half. Sorry, other guy, you're not playing. And that's the case for the season. That other guy's leaving. So you want to keep that competition among those two freshmen open and competitive as long as possible. Georgia had to make a call because they had an injury a few years ago, and they went with Jake Fromm over Justin Fields Oops, and Jacob Eason, which actually Eason, the Eason part of that wasn't that bad. But Fromm played great. They got to the national title game, and then he never really improved. But because you made the choice and made the national title game, you couldn't sit him. So Fields went to the offseason and is like, I'm leaving. Because you're making from the starter, I think I'm better, and he probably was. He goes to Ohio State. I would say so. He goes to Ohio State and is the better player. You don't want that happening if you're Oregon, so you might rotate series if it is Butterfield and, and Thompson and let them say, hey, guys, nobody's become the number two. We might have to kick this can all the way down to next fall because you want to kick that can as long as possible. Get as much knowledge as you possibly can about your two guys because it's not – a one-year backup decision. It's a three- or four-year quarterback leader of the program decision. You need as much info as possible. So I actually hope we see both Thompson and Butterfield today. And that, to me, again, also is a win for Oregon. Yeah, to your point on on the future of the program, I mean, Butterfield was in last year, but it was a no-counties COVID year anyway, so no eligibility, still still considered a freshman. Ty Thompson, obviously, is a true freshman. So you're looking at probably neither of those guys and less of an injury to Anthony Brown both of those guys retaining that status, maybe and having a chance for a redshirt year. So you're going to have a three-year starting quarterback waiting. It just depends on who's going to win that job. I know Oregon fans, they want Ty Thompson to win that job because he was the higher-touted recruit. But if Jay Butterfield outplays him, he outplays him. Butterfield was the number two quarterback in the country <laughs> when he committed. He was only behind DJ Uyunglele, who's the starting quarterback at Clemson. I mean, that's that, okay. That's okay. So uh, he's really talented. And, I th- and his dad played in the NFL for multiple years. I think people forget 
that Butterfield's really special. Robbie Ashford is not even part of this discussion. I right know now. he's a distant four, but he shouldn't be. He's a hell of a talent. He was an Under Armour All-American in baseball and football, and he's your fourth string quarterback. <laughs> it's incredible how deep that quarterback room is. And and I think as long as you can keep your depth together, that's a really good thing. And, and you know, there's a number of guys I, I want to see play in this game. You know, Jackson uh, Powers has Powers Johnson. He's going to end up playing in the NFL. He's phenomenal as a freshman center. That doesn't move the needle for a lot of Oregon fans. That kid's really, really good. Maliki Matavao caught a touchdown pass against Ohio State. He's an All-American. He might be your third-string tight end. I, they just have depth all over the field. And when you've got that many playmakers, sometimes it is fun to put them out on the field and say, okay, live reps, gentlemen, and see who shines. Uh, Byron Cardwell, by the way, is the sneaky guy that I think That's Oregon the game fans keep are eye on. really going to love. Uh, Seven McGee committed n- more than 900 days ago. Yeah, he's a long-term he commit. He committed as like a freshman yeah. in high school. Uh, really flashy compared to DeAnthony Thomas. He could be a lot of fun. Uh, there's just a lot of talent on this team. And, and again, and I keep keep hitting the nail on the head here, or keep repeating the same point. I'm excited to see, because I've covered a lot of these guys, I'm excited to see the like nine to fifteen All Americans they have that haven't gotten a snap yet this year. It's unbelievable. That is, you know, look when you're playing a team like Stony Brook, that's exactly how you want the game to go. The starters come out, score a couple touchdowns early, keep everybody healthy, and then boom, you're playing young guys the rest of the way and giving them experience. Because to your point, I mean, it's not when you're when you're having a positional battle or trying to figure out exactly what a kid has. It is so much different going from a spring game setting or from a practice setting to an actual game setting where you're playing an opponent. Now, granted, an inferior opponent today, but it's just it's a totally different animal. Like, I know this happened at Oregon State when they were trying to figure out who their quarterback was going to be, where Chance Nolan's not a great practice quarterback. He just doesn't shine that much day in and day out, whereas Sam Neuer does. But then when you get to the game, it's kind of a different story. He's a gamer. He shows up and he's on his, you know, he's playing great. So that's the funny part is you can have this feeling about a certain guy because of the way they're playing in practice, but a completely different animal today. And we should get to see a lot of young guys. No doubt. Is there a position in Oregon or a player at Oregon that you'd look for that you'd like to see a young guy emerge? I mean, you always want to see an offensive or defensive lineman emerge sure. for depth. But is, is there a position that you watch with this team, whether it's the defensive backs, maybe a young receiver, that this is a game where if you see a guy kind of flash, you're like, oh, that could really help him down the road. Maybe he's not a starter, but it could really help him down the road. Is there any position group you're kind of watching? Today? I would probably throw the two guys that you referenced earlier and one we've seen a little bit of, wide receiver. Okay. I, I think Oregon, if that is to me the next big thing, and they have made it a focal point, as we've talked about many a times on different shows, uh, that they've made wide receiver a focal point. They understood it was a weakness. But it's like, when was the last time, and I, I guess you go Mitchell, but that you truly had an elite number one game-changing NFL wide receiver? Have you ever had that in the program? No. So that, to me, like, you have a great receiving core this year, although Johnny Johnson's got a case of the drop sees again, which is a little concerning to me. Uh, but Jalen Red, Micah Pittman, like, you got talent, you got depth there, and I like all of those guys. But what you don't have is you're going against Ohio State, for example, and you see Olave, and you're like, all right, that's, that dude is an NFL wide receiver, and he's an absolute monster. You watch Oklahoma, you watch Alabama. These guys are littered up and down. And so when you can combine – Mario Cristobal's ability to to have an offensive line, to run the football, to be physical. You can take all of that and then expand it out and say, oh, yeah, by the way, 
we also got a first-round draft pick at wide receiver. That, to me, and, and you got two guys who I think are going to play a lot of snaps today. Uh, but I, I would love to see one of those guys shine and just say, ooh, that's a fun toy to play with. Very, very quickly, Tatario McMillan is a commitment for Oregon yes. in this recruiting cycle. He's still a senior in high school. He is, without question in my mind, the best receiver Oregon has ever had committed. I would be floored if he doesn't end up being a first- or second-round NFL draft pick. He is that good for Servite High School in California. Tatario McMillan is going to be an NFL player, and he's not even part of the program yet. He will play as a true freshman. He is unbelievable. Had another big game last night. When you look at that position group next year as well, you're, I mean, Johnny Johnson's going to be gone. Jalen Red's going to be gone. Like you're, you're replacing some guys. so You're going to need big playing time for some of these young wide receivers, whether they're in the program or going to be in the program uh, next year. What do you want to see from Morgan today? 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. There is no Luke. There is no Will today. It is a dirt and nimic edition of Center and Saint. We're going for another half hour here before we get to the coaches show. Uh, we'll get back into Oregon a little bit. We'll talk about Oregon State, give you a look at the Pac-12 slate and uh, the national college football landscape here early on on a Saturday morning. But before we do all of that, here is Russ with Ducks game day traffic and weather. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. All right, there's no Luke, there's no Will. It's a dirt anemic edition of the Sinner and Saint for another uh, 20-something minutes or so. And then the coaches show coming up at 11. And then the Ducks pregame show with myself and Anthony Newman starts at noon. So we got you, we got you locked and loaded today here on a Saturday. Uh, we asked, by the way, Russ, you nailed that weather report. Just hit it out of the ballpark, dude. Okay. Don't pee on my shoes and tell me it's raining. I, well, no, I mean, it's raining. You told me it's raining. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay, you, you I got gotcha. you, you. You killed it, man. You killed it. Uh, we asked uh, what what fans want to see from Oregon today because you're playing an inferior opponent and what position, all that kind of stuff. And it's funny, the, the similar text we got is uh, one position. 
And it's not the one that I brought up at wide receiver. It's not the, you know, some of the offensive linemen or quarterback it's at running back. And you, you brought up a running back in the last segment. Somebody said, I want to see the running backs. Oregon has thrived with three star backs. I want to see the four star kids. Uh, another one. I want to see Sean dollars. He's a big recruit. Want to see the depth at running back knowing CJ and die will be workhorses. How can we break dollars into that conversation? That was from Michael uh, and Ben. So People want to see the young running backs, and it is true. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. It feels like Diane Verdell had been there for 35 years. I know it's that's a little over. No, that's accurate. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, they've been there my entire lifetime. Um, but at some point, those guys are moving on, and they might both move on after this year, and so you're going to need that next running back up. And I think that is a, an exciting part is that both those guys are good. I – you know, I poo-poo C.J. Verdell too much. I, I fall into that trap sometimes. Like, I did against Fresno State. I'm like, God, he's not seeing holes. He's not finishing runs. Like, But that was true. I know. And I, then he goes for whatever. What, what did he have, 180 yards or something against Ohio State? Just runs all over him. You're like, all right, well, you know, C.J. Verdell, I guess he's pretty good. Uh, but I do want to see, like, that's the difference between they've gotten good players and they've developed them. But when you're I, when you're recruiting at a different level, it's just exciting to see what maybe some of those new faces look like in the backfield today. Well, they've been loaded at, at a bunch of positions. I mean, since Mario Cristobal took over, they finished. He's he's been the head coach for three recruiting cycles. Prior to him being there, Oregon had never had the number one recruiting class in the Pac-10 or Pac-12. He's done it all three years. He's in line to do it a fourth year this year because they're number seven in the nation, number one in the Pac-12. But the areas where they haven't recruited great, they've gotten great quarterbacks. We know that. Receiver, obviously offensive linemen, linebackers, DBs. It's been the D-line and the running backs. Even with the guys they've gotten, they haven't landed that marquee running back. Sean Dollars is a good football player. He can do a lot of things. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a quick twitch kind of running back. But he's not a five-star running back. You know, this is the first group, this last year's group with Byron Cardwell and Seven McGee, where you start to say, okay, here are the blue chip guys coming in. Byron Cardwell yep. came out of San Diego. Absolute monster. A true freshman can kind of do it all. Seven McGee is your kind of traditional scat back. He he was compared to DeAnthony Thomas for most of his recruitment. He at one point was rated the number 30 player in the country. Then he moved back and forth between California and New York. And because he kept moving back and forth because of family stuff going on, he was ineligible for his junior season. So nobody saw him for like literally <laughs> 20 months because <laughs> right. of COVID too. So he didn't have a junior season. His senior season was like off the rails because of COVID. And then finally he starts showing up to camps and everybody goes, oh wait, this kid's every bit as good as we remember. So he's special. I mean, he's a uniquely special talent. It'll be interesting to see what kind of comes out of those because I think out of dollars, Cardwell and McGee, you should get one of those three is going to hit. And I think today's our first opportunity to say it's that guy. And dollars, we've seen it in spurts. He flashed last year. He did, yeah. But he wasn't consistently a guy. Can he consistently be a guy? Will Cardwell or McGee consistently be that guy? I think today is going to be our first opportunity to get that answer. And again, it's just like the quarterback position. We may not see the guy that's going to then be an answer for this season, but we might get a glimpse of what the next two or three seasons look like in the backfield at quarterback and running back and maybe even wide receiver. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. That's the cool part about games like this. There's no doubt about it. I also see, I mean, you, you beat a team like Ohio state last week and I've, I've been curious and I know you've talked about it throughout the week, just the recruiting impact that a game like that can have. There was the tweet that kind of went viral where somebody had said that 
Oregon players were walking up to kids that were there on their Ohio State official visits saying, come to Oregon, go Ducks, that kind of stuff. There was a kid, I think you were the one that quote tweeted this, but there was a player who was on his official visit to Ohio State and after the game tweeted out, go Ducks. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's kind of cool. I'll take that. But then also this week I saw um, from your reporting that there was a big time running back in Texas, what five-star, one of the best running back, maybe the best running back in the country that is tweeting out. And they got that big offensive lineman down there in Texas that's been committed that was a big get for Mario Cristobal. And so I, I and I'm, you know a lot about this and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Are we seeing that? Like I can, can you have that quick of an impact out of one win? Because we're not even a week. Well, I mean, I guess almost cause the game kicked off at the crack of dawn last week. So just about a week removed. Have we seen that big of an impact already? Yes. We've yep. seen an absolutely massive impact and you have to remember Oregon's momentum stalled out slightly because of COVID. Oregon's big thing, everybody's always argued, it's the facilities, it's getting on campus. They blow you away once they're there. And even this staff that that is all about personal connection, it's not as much the facilities. Kids say, when I get there, there's so much energy. That weapon was taken out of their arsenal for about 18 months because nobody was allowed to take visits. They're doing that again. Oregon has 20 commitments in the class of 2022. So even if they super excite five new dudes in 2022, it's not going to dramatically change this recruiting cycle 2023 as long as Oregon continues along his current trajectory as long as Mario Cristobal stays there's no reason to think he won't as long as he stays as long as the staff stays intact not only will 2023 be the best class in program history it's going to compete and be a top three class nationally and compete for the number one class in America there's that much buzz there's that much excitement you can say how could you possibly know that that early the last time I made a prediction like this was in like mid-summer of the year 2018, and I was talking about 2020. They're going to land all sorts of talent. Guess what? <laughs> they landed the number six class in the country. Not bad. It was the best class in program history. And I wasn't the only one saying it. You can tell about 18 months out from a signing day how a class is generally going to go based on buzz, based on the number of five-star kids who are interested. Because if you have 35, all 35 star kids are like, I want to visit. Oregon might get 20% of them. 20% of 35 stars That's pretty is a good. whole lot of five stars. Yep. So this class in 2023 is going to be remarkable. And remember, Mario Cristobal's first class, because of the COVID year, and you get to repeat, the oldest kid that he recruited as head coach is a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore. The the full effect of the Mario Cristobal recruiting ability hasn't even filtered into the upperclassmen of this class yet or of this program yet. That's crazy to think about. The best of this class, the best of this program is probably still a year or two away. That is wild to think it's, about. It's unbelievable. It's very exciting for the future of the program. There's no doubt about that and kind of where they're going from here. It, it, it's also incumbent on them now, I think, too, just to kind of wrap this conversation up is to go – uh, finish the job, if you will, because I think if you're able to have one of those seasons now, beating Ohio State changed the trajectory of where you could go this year. You could now trip up likely somewhere and still get into the college football playoff. You clearly have the talent to compete with the best teams in the country. Alabama, maybe that's a different story because we're not sure exactly what Ohio State is this year. But Ryan Day and Ohio State, they don't lose games at home. And Oregon went in and got it done. Now you got to go finish the job because if you're able to make a college football playoff this year, find yourself competing for a championship, that's just going to cement what some of those 2023 recruits are thinking of. This is 
is a program on the rise and I'll have a chance to play for championships because ultimately that's what kids want to do and that's why they're all going to Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. They want a chance to compete uh, for championships. There's some other good games in the Pac-12. We'll, we'll get to those coming up next, including I want to ask Nimick about one team that I'm just not buying that he's he's had some fun with over the last couple of years. Also, Oregon State playing today at home in the rain against Idaho. What are we looking for with the Beavs game today? We'll wrap up this short hour edition of Center and Saint with Dirt and Nimick. But first, here's Rust with game day traffic and weather. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Sinner and Saint with uh, Dirt and Andrew Nimick here. Jeff Russ is piloting this ship, and he's doing a wonderful job. He's got a Chris Farley shirt on. Jeff Russ, best best T-shirt game in the business. Day in and day out. Can't top it. Nebraska and Oklahoma is actually a game, and I am shocked by this. I think everybody is. Oklahoma, remember, they barely beat Tulane in week one. Was it like 40-35, and Tulane had a chance at the end of the game. Uh, and this this was their lowest point total in the first half since their win at Ohio State, which would have been, what, 2017 with Baker Mayfield. They scored seven points in the first half of that game. They went on to win it. They got hot in the second half. Uh, but this is the first time since 2017 they've been held to seven points in the first half. And it was Nebraska that did it. They lost to Illinois. Are we sure Spencer Rattler is good? And are we sure Oklahoma I have been asking really that question team? all offseason okay. because I saw people like the Mel Kuypers of the world. And I've heard some folks say this QB class coming out. So the kids in college now going to the NFL next year that it's like one of the best in history. I. No. What Sam Howell? No, Sam Howell who lost a <laughs> like, what are we? hard pass. I mean, look, I, maybe they end up being good. I just to say one of the best ever. And those are the locks to be one and two picks. I, to me, that was always confusing. And so I, yeah, they're not clicking right now. And Nebraska's driving, by the way, they're, they got the ball going in in Oklahoma territory inside the 20 yard line. So they missed a field goal earlier. It's seven to three right now in the third quarter. That's crazy. Uh, we mentioned the Indiana Cincinnati game, Indiana lead Cincinnati, 14, 10 Cincinnati got 10 quick points at the end of the first half. Uh, Cincinnati is the number eight ranked team in the country. Uh, only other game of reference, I guess, Michigan uh, State and Miami are playing right now. It's 10 to seven. Michigan State leads at the half. Old Mel Tucker uh, is at Michigan State. De'Ara King had to throw the ball 30 times in the first half. Coastal Carolina is an interesting one. They're the number 16 team in oh, the nation. Yeah, they touche. are tied with Buffalo. <laughs> okay. At 14 apiece on ESPN2 starting the fourth quarter. The Chanticleers. There's a showdown for you. So there's your slate right now. Some good games coming up later today. Alabama, Florida. It's going to be a good one. Uh, of course, Penn State, Auburn later tonight. And then you get the Pac-12 games. Let me ask you about one game uh, later tonight. And I don't buy this team as far as I can throw them. And I'm curious what you think about them. Uh, Arizona State is one of the other few remaining undefeated Pac-12 teams because it feels like everybody's taking their lumps at this point point uh, outside of Oregon and UCLA Arizona State still holding on there the number 19 team in the country they're on the road at BYU are you buying Arizona State this year oh what is buying I mean is, can they compete for a are, do you put them in the same category as UCLA no okay no 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 because no, I view no, no. UCLA as the team to beat in the south and I everybody people thought Arizona State was going to kind of be that team this year it's a big proof I mean they go into BYU who just beat Utah by the way and kind of dominated that football game if you win tonight, maybe I'll change my mind a little bit, but I just, I'm not buying them right now. Here's what I think of Arizona State, and, and this is what I thought maybe buying was, that they could beat anybody on any given week. I believe that in the Pac-12. Anybody in their schedule the rest of the way, I think they could beat. 
I also think they could lose to anybody on their schedule the rest of the way <laughs> by two touchdowns. That sounds about don't, right. I mean, don't you? Th- isn't that kind of Arizona State? That totally They've got is. multiple coaches suspended because of recruiting violations. That is an issue. College kids need to be coached up more than even NFL guys, obviously. And I know game planning in the NFL is is vital week to week in terms of preparation. But college kids unsupervised, unchaperoned in Arizona based on position groups. That's a scary, scary thing. I Yeah, I think BYU probably wins that game, although it will be interesting to see how good this BYU team is. Maybe Utah is not real and BYU be did just lose Zach Wilson the number two pick in the NFL draft. So they did. it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't necessarily think if they win this game that that means they're a contender for a Pac-12 title or anything. I, like I said, I think Arizona State's a team that could beat anybody by two touchdowns on any given week or lose by two touchdowns on <laughs> any given week. They're that team this year. Uh, you got Fresno State UCLA later tonight, too. That one's on the Pac-12 network. Now, that's, is that... That's an interesting game. Uh, is just, that the most interesting game in the Pac-12? I would say no. I would I would put uh, USC Washington State there because I don't know what... Washington State is such a weird situation right now with everything that's going on off the field, with their head coach. Like, that's just a strange story. And then you get the was PR it? disaster bowl. Is that what they're calling <laughs> that it? That kind of is right. <laughs> USC can't land their plane in Idaho. And then you get the, what is it? Dante Williams debut, man. Our good buddy from the, uh, remember we, we interviewed him at the signing day show a couple years back. And like a week later, he left Oregon. <laughs> it's like, I'm out of here. I'm going yeah. to USC and claim the whole, uh, you know, closer to family thing. Well, he has now worked his way into being the interim head coach at USC and they're, I mean, they're favorite. I, I would put that one there. I, honestly, okay. I would actually throw Arkansas State Washington into that conversation as well. Yikes. Like, How far you have to. the Huskies have fallen? You have to. I mean, I, I expect them to win today, but I also expect them to beat Montana. So I, you know, I I would throw those two there. And then, I you know, look, I'll enjoy those late night games. Arizona State, BYU, 715. And then Fresno State, UCLA, 745. That's more so just to kind of get a glimpse of, I think UCLA is going to win that game. But are, are we just – is Fresno State good? Like, are we – can they push UCLA? That could end up being a storyline. If Fresno State beats UCLA, if. And that that's would a, be that's so Pac-12. That would be so Pac-12. It would be very Pac-12, <laughs> and also it would just lay the table for Oregon to run things and, and win out. Yeah, I mean, it would. That would definitely set the stage for, okay, they should do this. But, but we'll see. Oregon State's game. Oregon State should absolutely thump Idaho. Yeah, they're playing Idaho at 1230 today. It doesn't even matter to me who they're playing. Isn't it kind of nice for the state that it's like, oh, Oregon and Oregon State should both breeze to victories. And not only that, but Oregon State might have found their answer at quarterback, and he's only a sophomore, and he looks pretty good. He looks pretty damn good, man. That's a good sign for the future for the He looks pretty damn good. He played great in, you know, mop-up duty against Purdue when he came in, brought him back into that game. I thought he looked awesome last week against Hawaii. He brings a dynamic run in the football, so I I, I loved it. I thought he looked good, and we'll see him again uh, against Idaho today. But there's kind of your look at what's going on around the landscape of college football. Some score updates for you. By the way, Nebraska missed another field goal, so that happened. Uh, They can't get a uh, field goal kicker in there, which is going to hurt them because they're still down 7-3, trying to pull off an upset on the road against the number three team uh, in the country here here's what's coming up later today on the fan as we continue on uh, right after us here just in a matter of moments we're going to have the coaches show uh, where you're going to hear from Jerry Jorgie those guys Joey Mack and they'll have some conversations with some coaches and uh, that happened earlier this week and so you'll get a kind of quick glimpse at what they're thinking going into the Stony Brook game how many young guys are going to play all that kind of stuff myself and Anthony Newman will be on at uh, noon and we're going to be is this their closing music 
Sorry, I'm new to this. Okay. I wanted to make sure that wasn't a commercial. Uh, and myself and Anthony Newman, pregame show starts at noon. And then the game, of course, coming up 4.30, Oregon and Stony Brook. That will do it for us, for Nimick, for Jeff Russ. I'm Dirt. Uh, Coach's show coming up next on 1080 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.